Thanks for tuning in to the Movement is Life podcast, a show bringing you raw conversation, tips, and engaging topics hosted by yours truly, Mike Fox. Join me in the dialogue on all things creative, entrepreneurial, and unconventional with stories that may just change your life. Subscribe to hear new episodes every other week. Each feel with reasons to listen closer next time. going on everyone another episode of the movement is life podcast thank you for tuning in i appreciate it especially in a time like this as we all know it's a crazy uh crazy world right now the world's basically flipped upside down um but you know we're all in this together so i want to continue to drop new episodes that touch on the real world things that are going on with us right now as well as you know the back end too the creativity the entrepreneurship and just surviving so that's a lot of what this episode is going to be about, you know, overcoming the pandemic, such as, you know, working from home, diversifying our income, et cetera, trying to reinvent ourselves. You know, there's never there's never a time where you can't reinvent yourself, whether you're 50 years old or you're 20 years old and still trying to figure out what you want to do. Um, we can always reinvent ourselves and take a new path. So definitely going to touch on that and then stay and focus on our dreams and our goals um, through a time like this, because. It's definitely important. The world's going to keep moving on, um, you know, maybe not soon with the lockdown, but eventually things are going to go back to normal. So it's important to have routines and goals set in place for when that time comes as well. Remember that, you know, throughout the episodes, when I have questions on the topic episodes, I'll answer them. Um, you can send them to podcast at mikefox.photo and then I'll get back to you in the, the next topic episode if it's a good question. So make sure it's good. But this question that I got is from Dennis Langley, and this is going to be the only one I answer today just because, uh, you know, we're a little short on time, but I also want to get straight to the point, too. But Dennis is from Atlanta, Georgia. He had a question that um, really inspired this episode, to be honest with you. He asked, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs during this crazy time? And, you know, it's a great question indeed when it inspires an entire episode <laughs> based around the question. But it's very important, too. So I really wanted to give my attention to this one. So I want to start off by saying I don't have all the answers. Like, I don't know what people need to do or how we can all overcome this, per se. But I do have a few tips and tools from personal experience that I think could be great. Not saying it's going to work, but um, hopefully it can help. And, you know, the world's in shambles right now. So. I'm a part of that, too. You know, things have changed for me as well. So don't expect me to have all the answers. But what I will say is that we have to stay focused, stay positive and stay aware every day of life because it may change in a flash. and We're all experiencing that right now. But my best advice in those three things, you know, focus, positivity and awareness is, you know, during this episode, me and my guest will discuss a few things around these, um, especially with the current situation of overcoming the pandemic. And then, you know, with me and my guests being entrepreneurs, we are definitely at the forefront of this because, you know, although we don't have a job, you know, we're the ones that have to make sure we have income coming in. We have to depend on ourselves and our team. We have to make sure our team is good too. So, um, you know, with that being said, I want to introduce, you know, my guest, uh, the co-host of this episode, Jeff Trimble. Jeff is a serial entrepreneur 
who has a combination of all the things an entrepreneur needs, hustle, consistency, and results. So that being said, Jeff, what's going on, man? Hope you're staying safe right now. What's going on, man? How are you today? Good, man. Good. Just trying to stay productive, stay positive. Thanks for for inviting me onto the show. I'm excited to to kind of chat today and um, drop some little nuggets. Absolutely. Drop some gems on them. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, though. It it means a lot. And um, hopefully the audience will think the same. So, you know, let's go ahead and dive right into it. Before we start with everything, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? For sure, man. So um, my name is Jeff Trimble, obviously. I'm a 27-year-old full-time entrepreneur. I'm a client acquisition coach. What that means is is I help a lot of individuals, agents or agencies usually. Um, So insurance agents, real estate agents, network marketing, anybody that generates leads from like social media runs leads to formal presentation. So I help people generate more leads through social so they no longer have to cold call, cold outreach, and do cold, horrible prospects that just don't work. Um, I'm uh, 27, like I said, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I do a ton of different things. I own a client acquisition company, which is on the other side of things, done for you uh, business model. Work directly with those businesses sometimes. So do coaching and done for you a little bit. Um, I'm a hobby hustler. I've got uh, a ton of different things that I've done. I built out sales funnels in this last year. A recent sales funnel that I just did did $220,000 in sales in 60 days. that was super fun. I'm uh, also a travel enthusiast, man. I live the laptop lifestyle and I love being on planes. I, uh, in the last three years now, but uh, I've been on almost 220, 230 different airplanes in the last couple of years. Left the United States several times, seen, I don't know, maybe 14, 12, 14 different countries and half the states in the United States. Um, yeah, man, that's a little bit about me. I love to help other people give back, create a lot of content, being on podcasts and interviews like this, mostly because a lot of people showed up and helped me when I needed it the most. And so I remember, you know, me sitting there listening to every podcast, every talk show, every bit of advice that I could possibly get. So that way I could help somebody else or so I can get some value out of it and hopefully be successful somewhere. And um, I just like to give back as much as I can because I know that somebody somewhere really, really, really wants it. And they're looking for that, uh, that breakthrough moment that, that really changes their life. And I hope somewhere today we have some, some breakthroughs for some of you guys. That's so awesome, man. Um, you know, thanks for the intro. Obviously there's a lot of gems that you can provide from the, the things that you've done. But I noticed in that answer too, is that you said give back. So that's extremely important when you reach any kind of success, you want to give back and help other people create value for themselves and for other people as well. So really love that. But yeah, so you heard about the question that Dennis had asked about advice to entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs. So let's start off with that. Is there any advice that you have um, for entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs that are looking to uh, overcome this pandemic right now? Yeah, absolutely, man. So great question. The question for anybody else there that are watching this is, is what advice would I give to entrepreneurs that are just getting started? And my advice is simple, man. One, it's to spend this time doubling down on skills. A lot of individuals are are sitting here first. I'm going to break this up into two parts, right? They're just getting started and wanting to get started. Uh, and then people that are kind of trying to figure out where they want to go. So they're just getting started. Double down on skills. Use this time. We're all kind of in lockdown unless you're an essential employee or whatever. 
but use this time to double down on betting on yourself, right? We all have unemployment coming in. If you're, you're at home, you have an extra Trumpy Trump $600 stimulus coming in. So all your bills are going to be paid for pretty close at the very least, 100% covered from what you were making at your job. You got about 100% of your income coming in. And so in this time, there's never been a moment in history where your bills, your nut is 100% covered. You have no worries in the world except for going back to your job, right? But you have no worries in the world because your bills are covered in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days of time of runway to put your plane together, right? To acquiring the skills, to start figuring out what you want to do and start figuring out how to make that money. So today, right now, is the time that you double down on skills, double down on action, double down on reaching out to people, double down on talking to individuals, double down on the three skills that I talk the most about, sales, marketing, mindset. And as you start to grow those, that's what you know the wings and pillars are of your, your plane that will take you to the next level, right? You need to, to take a moment and invest in yourself. Don't sit around and, and consume yourself in Netflix and every movie channel and every TV show and binge watch every episode of Brent beginning till now. Right now is the time to double down on yourself. Absolutely, dude. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that one. There's never been a time in history where um, you have such a long leeway, as well as with all the tools available to you as well. Like the technology that we have today, you can literally start anything you want within 60 to 90 days. So it's yeah. about the work that you want to put in and the work that uh, you foresee panning out. Yeah. And when we got started, dude, we had to have a little nest egg of money. We didn't have a runway. All right. We didn't have the unemployment check. We didn't have the extra income coming in. We didn't have any of those things. We had to take the risk and jump and hope that we could put it all together on the way down. You know, and, and we only had a short period of one way where you guys that are out there, maybe you have some savings, maybe you don't. But you definitely have an income coming in at least a little bit for the next six months. I mean, in this unemployment thing, I think I might be wrong, but this unemployment thing, you go, you can run this out for six months. You know, that's half a year putting your thing together with the $600 stimulus that's coming along with it. Even if it's not in six months, it's 90 days. When I left my job, I literally only had three months worth of bills in the bank account and said, you know what? If I can't figure this out in the next 100 days, I don't deserve to be an entrepreneur. You know, I, if I can't figure out how to make one bill, you know, cover one month's worth of bills in three months, then I don't deserve it. You know, I, I, I'm not good enough yet. I need to go back to a job. And so you guys out there have three months, six months, maybe longer to put it together to do it. If you really want it bad enough, man, show up, show up. Right now is the time to show up. Everybody's at home. Everybody's looking on the internet. Everybody is on the internet because there's nothing else to do. And there's never been a time better in human history to be reaching out and talking to people through the internet, connecting with other individuals online, because everybody is online right now. There's nothing else to do. That's some real shit right there. Real shit. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> Killing it on these answers so far. But um, as far as entrepreneurs that are already in the game, sure. Um, do you have any tips or advice for them? Of course. Of course. So... Of course, it's a very relative question, right? Depending on where you're at in the game or where you want to be. But I will, I will assume that if you're listening to this podcast, that you're looking to get to the next level, you're probably under six figures or, or barely making your bills or, or to a spot where you, you're, you're figured it out, right? In entrepreneurship, there's usually the first year is figuring out who you are, 
right? And what you sell and then who you sell it to, right? So that's usually the first year. And the second year is figuring out how to put all that process together and start to scale. And so my advice for you guys, if you figured out what you really want to be, what you really want to sell, and then who you really want to sell it to, you figured out those components, then, then you honestly, dude, you need to stop listening to this podcast. You already know what to do. You need to go out and sell more. You need to go produce. I have a lot of, let me put it this way. And I want you guys to personal development, listen to the podcast and consume this information. But the deal, the problem with a lot of entrepreneurs that are already in the game, that are already getting started, they're already moving, is, is they get distracted by all of this new courses. I have a buddy of mine that I, I love dearly. But he, he's been studying for like the last seven years, consuming knowledge. He has all the tools. He's gone through Tony Robbins courses, Grant Cardone courses, Russell Brunson courses, through other, many other courses. He's tons of individuals, tons of skills. But what happens is, is people start getting consumed in the content and they become this librarian and, and consume nonstop information and never start to implement and move and take action, right? And so... If you are here and you already kind of figured out your system, then do more of what's working. Usually when you're getting started, you're to a point where you know what's working at least a little bit. Do more of that. Keep doing that and just grind on that. Stop looking for more answers and looking for a better way until you get to a point where you have enough money in the bank where if you literally just laid on the couch and counted the dots on your roof, you would be fine. If you literally get to a point where you have three months, six months, a year's worth of cash assets in the bank, Right? and you're ready to go to the next level, you're ready to invest in yourself, you have enough cash flow coming in, then that's a different story. Right? Then you can start looking for information again. But as, as entrepreneurs that are just kind of getting started, usually we're pretty still close to living month to month. We're, we're maybe got a month and a half, two months, three months worth of bills, enough money to come in to pay our bills, but we're barely scraping it by. If you're barely scraping it by kind of entrepreneur, and do more of what works and spend more time getting on the phone, spend more time talking to people, spend more time communicating. Too many people are, are consuming content nonstop. What pays the bills in entrepreneurship is talking to people and doing presentations, sales presentations, talking to people on the phone. That's it. Nothing else. Not creating funnels, not creating you know email marketing campaigns, not creating websites, not creating logos, not watching courses, not looking for Facebook ads, not doing any of those things. Some of them might help as you start to scale, but in the moment right now, what you need to be doing is, is, is reaching out to people, getting people on the phone, reaching out, sending direct messages to people on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook saying, Hey dude, tell me about you. Let's get on the phone. And then figuring out if they're qualified to buy from you or not. Spend all your time talking to people and turning them into to formal sales presentations. Sales presentations pay the bills, not funnels and webinars for most people. Most individuals that are entrepreneurs, they don't have the skills to make those work just yet. And that's okay. But do what you do best and pay others to do the rest. Damn, that's a quotable. That's a quotable right there. <laughs> do what you do best and pay others to do the rest. Oh, <laughs> that's a bar. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, I love it. I had a mentor once upon a time tell me that. That was one of the quotes that he, he gave me. And he's just like, I was like, Dude, you're right. You know, I because I I'm I'm one of those guys. That's why I'm kind of yelling that point. I'm one of those guys that loves to spend around and send, spend a ton of time acquiring knowledge and want to know all of the ins, the outs, ups, the downs, the backwards, and why everything works. But then I go through these cycles where I'll get to a point where it's like, dude, all this learning is doing nothing for me to move the move the needle in the direction I want to go. And so I have to like let go of that weight 
that that baggage that's holding me back. And a lot of times that's just recognizing that you're holding on to that baggage. And that's the hardest thing to do in entrepreneurship is to figuring out who you are and what that baggage is that's slowing you down. Once you've gotten to that point, okay, let go of, a lot of times it's ego of like, we're doing these things and stuff for the ego because we think it's cool or we think that other people will think it's cool. So we create this funnel because it's going to make us famous or whatever. And those things work. And I sell those things. I started doing my agency and I build a ton of those things. And so I'm not telling you not to do them forever, but until you've gotten to a point where you're making six figures or, or, or at least very close where you have an extra 2000, 3000, dollars extra a month just coming in that you don't know what to do with the time is not now the time's not to look at facebook ads the time's not to start buying all this marketing material because the amount of money capital investment to do that is insane i built a funnel out that was a dropship funnel that was literally i was spending at one point four thousand dollars a day in ads can you afford four thousand dollars a day in ads now i didn't start there that's not where i began four thousand dollars a day in ads but the average person can't afford to lose $3,000, $5,000 to figure out if, if the process is going to even work, possibly work. You know? And so before you go into that route, man, get to a point where you can afford, take, take a, several steps forward so you then can take a couple steps back. Dope. I love it. I love it. Great answer to that. Um, and I'll play off a little bit, um, just kind of giving some experience from you know, entrepreneurship myself. You're definitely right. Like, there's a time where you need to to kind of figure out what's holding you back, how to progress. And sometimes you have to take a step back, takes two, two steps forward. I mean, that's happened to me plenty of times. It's going to continue happening. It's a part of the game. Yeah. But getting into the game, you got to understand that. Um, and if you're in the game right now, you just got to be willing to adapt because that's what it's about, too. That's definitely what entrepreneurship is about is adaptation and uh, wanting to move with the trends and staying relevant. Yeah. It's uh, being okay with pivoting and transitioning what, what you were doing before, right? So that's kind of what you wanted to talk this, this podcast on. I mean, you've got to be willing to pivot. A lot of entrepreneurs that are in the game are also too, like one of my buddies, he, he's, he's, it's my dad's friend. He's got a restaurant in Southern California. And the restaurant business is not doing so well right now because everything's locked down, right? Right, right. So how, how do you transition that business into to something that's producing results? The same thing with one of my other clients. I have a pawn shop of mine that I had that I'm doing SEO service for, where we were driving a ton of traffic into a store to buy us products that are on the shelves. And the pawn shop business is all about flipping products, right? When you have nobody coming into your store and you can't retail those products to other people, then you have no cash flow, right? Of course, there's loans and other things that go along with it. But one of the major components is moving the merchandise. When you have nobody coming into the store, you can't move the merchandise. Yep. So how do you overcome that? As a pawn shop, how do you make money? Well, I spent several days working out a solution for him. We put together a Facebook live stream and now he's literally running a QVC style studio out of his whole like pawn shop, pitching and selling products from the internet, getting a ridiculous amount, a ridiculous amount of, of shares, comments, engagement on his social sites, which are now ridiculously from his past customers. So he's leveraging his past customers through, through social media that's then driving traffic through e-commerce through the internet, right? And, and, and I don't understand why a lot of traditional businesses aren't doing things like that. You have a million people coming into your door every single month they're used to. So leverage those people and pivot and start to reach out to those people in the real world through the digital world 
to figure out how to sell to them what they're looking for right now. You know? Yeah, that's amazing. And um, I'll touch on that a little bit too, just from my uh, publishing background and um, social media marketing background and experience as well. A lot of things are changing and adapting right now. Um, but one thing too I want to touch on is like the virtual experience and the virtual part of everything. There's never never been a better time to try to do something virtually, whether it's a giveaway, a contest, um, you know, an event. Everything that we thought couldn't be done can be done virtually. And we're experiencing that more now with everybody working from home and everything like that, too. But never limit yourself. The Internet is so vast that you can reach you can reach pretty much anybody in the world these days um, from doing something that relates to your content and relates to your business that you can follow it out to them. And you described it in an amazing way that I probably can never do. But what I'm saying is make the experience tailored to your audience, but also be true and authentic to your content. And that way you'll still generate income no matter what happens. It could be a recession and you're still killing it because you stay true to those values. A lot of a lot of people have major issues and problems with content. Like that's one big thing that's a hiccup for a lot of people. That they just can't wrap their head around. And I, I think, I think I, I want to hit on that. If you're somebody that's an entrepreneur and you're in a spot where you need to pivot, and you know you need to be creating content. I think it's crucial that that you know how to do it correctly. So how you create content if you're one of those entrepreneurs that are struggling, looking to pivot, is it's it's be you, right? A lot of entrepreneurs think that their content needs to be marketing their product or service, that they need to be pitching, teaching, and training their products and services. And so like an insurance agent, for example, they'll, they'll go through and they'll create all these Facebook Lives trying to teach why they have all these best products in the world. That's not the case, right? At, at, at the pawn shop, we, we didn't go out and we didn't start creating all this con content on their traditional model. What we started to do is we started to leverage what the people were passionate about, faces way um, that we, we created content in a way that we taught him to create content in a way that was genuine to who he was. And so that was super powerful. So for a lot of entrepreneurs, you need to, in order to create content successfully, it's about creating content about who you are, right? What are you passionate about? What are the things that you're excited about? Are, do you love football? Do you like New York Jets? Do you like day trading? Do you like flipping things? Do you like cryptocurrency? Whatever. And sure, those things aren't what's channeling and making you money. Right, those those aren't your your front end, your business model, but that doesn't matter because in in business, the, the most important thing about about marketing and entrepreneurship and business is just acquiring attention. All that you want to do is you want to create content of, that acquires you attention and gets eyeballs on you. When you're acquiring attention, then you can talk to these individuals and pitch them on whatever it is that you have to sell, right? And so when you're creating content that's it's interesting, that's true to you and about you then you're building relationships digitally and virtually with people. You're taking the best of you and putting you on the internet. Absolute facts. Hey, he, he's talking it better than me right now. You guys better listen. These are some gems. <laughs> These are some gems, right? For the last two weeks, well, yeah, you know, man, that's stop coaching and, and working with people. And actually, if you were seeing the back end, if you're watching the video, you will. But I've got my whiteboard literally back here. was full of, of tons of teaching, training, things that I've been teaching, just nonstop creating new courses and, and coaching programs. Because that's how I'm doubling down. I'm systematizing the things that I'm doing. So that way I can start to leverage content. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm in the same boat with having a magazine content is um, king for me. You know, we're following out content every single day, but it's about um, reaching the right people and making sure we're doing the most effective things we can to stay authentic, stay uh, true um, and, you know, reach reach the people that we can and that resonate with the content that we're putting out. Yeah, man, I, I, I understand that. That's what, see, that's, that's, that's what's crucial for most people. They, they, they miss that, that authenticity and true and real to you, right? A lot of, especially with salespeople, a lot of entrepreneurs are salespeople. And so they, they think that they need to get online and be that, that sales pitch and do that sales pitch to sell people things. Marketing and sales are not the same thing. Marketing is about acquiring attention. Sales is about talking to people, figuring out what they need and what they want. Marketing's again, acquiring attention, giving it and doing it in whatever way possible. And I want to, I'll tell a quick story on that. I used to work with this guy or I used to know this guy. My best friend was a car salesman. We both were in sales jobs at the time. And we used to talk about little weird ways that we would get our clients' attention or people that we knew to, to close our sale. And he told me the story of how he used to work with the sales guy that would intentionally trip uh, over a rock or something a couple of meters before he would ever get to the prospect on the lot, right? So he'd be walking down the lot towards a prospect that was looking at cars or whatever, and he would intentionally trip. So that way he felt like he would break the ice with that client and they would start laughing or whatever. And he'd be like, dude, bro, it's been one of those days. And then he would start the conversation off of that thing, right? And that's... That's true everywhere. You can take that same example. It doesn't matter how you acquire the attention. You'll talk about any love movie or any any romantic movie ever. Most of those romantic movies start with these people bumping into each other, right? Like if you look at the high school movies, they'll run into each other in front of the locker and they'll drop all their things all over the floor, right? It, it, it doesn't matter how you acquire the attention of the person that you want to talk to or your love or whatever. It just matters that you acquired the attention and then you take the opportunity to have a conversation with them while you have that attention. So create content that's genuine and authentic to you, the things that you're passionate about. And then when you have their attention on that content, why not reach out to them and say, thanks, man. I love the content that you created or that you watched my content or thank you for engaging on my content. I'd love to learn more about you and what you do. Now you have an authentic conversation with people from your authentic content and they already like you. You're coming from a place of strength. Facts. Man, this guy's on point, y'all. Y'all need to y'all need to tune in even harder. But that's awesome, man. Um, you know, I really appreciate appreciate the conversation we've been having so far. But let's dive even further into it. Um, for you know, the people who have lost their jobs. Um, we touched on a little bit with the unemployment and kind of getting a head start, but surely they're having to change um to a lot of things that they're accustomed to. So what's been the biggest change that you've had to face since um, the lockdown started and throughout entrepreneurship. I want to add sure. uh, that in there as well. Sure, man. So I'll have the first one. What is the biggest change that I've had to, to focus on since this lockdown started? So the first change that I've had to, to focus on, which is something with me, I'm not a guy, I, my whole life, I'm a guy that I, I do what I want. I do what I want. I do what I want. I live the laptop lifestyle, I live in my house. I, I live in my house, my home office. This is where I do most of my work. Like I, I almost never leave the place. And that's that's cool. But the second this lockdown hit, nothing changed for me physically, right? But for some reason, mentally, everything changed because now I couldn't do what I want. Now I can't go take my girlfriend to the movies. Now I can't go get a damn haircut and my hair's overgrown. And that's <laughs> you know, little, just the little stupid things that just started to build up. 
that it was like kind of like the Chinese water torture thing to me, right? Where they, they were just dripping on my forehead, drip, drip, drip. And day by day and day by day, it just started to build up, right? At first I was fine, right? Like, of course, I had the two-day panic and we go shopping and whatever. Then my entrepreneurship side of me kicks in and I'm starting a mastermind and all these things. I'm talking to people and networking with people. But then three weeks in, four weeks in, maybe five weeks in, I don't even know, somewhere around there, I had this week where the drip, drip, drip started to build up. And I just, I stopped. I froze. And I was like, dude, what happened? Right? This insane kind of like anxiety inside myself just started to take over. And what it is, is it's energy inside your place. Energy inside your house starts to build up. I don't know if you've experienced this or any entrepreneurships out there, or entrepreneurs have experienced this. When you stay in the same room, the energy from the day before, the week before, builds up in that room and that starts to reverberate off the walls and you feel that energy start to grow on you and build on you and that anxiety energy of the drip of my hair looks bad or my roommates are loud because everybody's home not with my roommates but the neighbors are loud because i live by myself but my neighbors are loud or i'm not allowed to go to the park and walk around the park anymore just little bit by bit started to chip away and i had to figure out how to handle that again right and i hadn't gotten to that point emotionally, like that just weirdest thing in years of entrepreneurship, years. Like I had that years ago, but that was for a whole different thing, a similar space. And so it hit me. I was like, dude, I just need to sit down. I'm not going to die. Realize that, that you're not going to die. Think the world isn't coming to an end. Like things aren't as bad as they say they are, right? You have to sit down, unplug, meditate, just realize that you love your life, right? Too many people get caught up in the moment. And I, that's what happened to me. I started to think about this, this, 30-day window and how things have sucked in the last, not really physically sucked because my business has grown, but like the, I got focused and tuned in, my vision got tuned in to the negative things of the last 30 days. And so in the last 30 days, there was more negative, more negative than positive because there was still more positive than negative, but I was shining the light on, on, the, on the negative more than I was the positive. And so I felt the negative more. But then as I sat down and I realized that I was doing that, I zoomed out. I zoomed out and started looking at a six-month window. And I was like, dude, there is no negative on the comparison of all the accomplishments. If you put them all on a timeline of what I've accomplished in the next six months versus today, like, I don't, I don't know. You know, like, what, what is happening? And I feel like that's what's happening with a lot of people right now is this, it's quarantine day, whatever, you know, it's, it's the same day over and over and over again on repeat. So it, like, the negatives seem to build up. It's easier to remember those negatives than it is the positives. And when you zoom out on a longer structure, instead of living in the day, in the moment, in the right now, you live in the last six months and you realize how far you've come. Give credit where credit's due. And you have to kind of slap yourself around with that and be like, dude, why am I, why am I being down? Why am I letting this slow me down? And that's, that was a major thing for me. So there's that in the quarantine was, was accepting that this is not the way it's going to be forever and accepting that that I've got this and it's okay to not know, right? Because everyone kind of freaks out a little bit about the unknown. We all have those moments. I'm not perfect. And uh, I've been there. Now, I don't know if you want to comment and, and elaborate on that before I go to the next I part. mean, honestly, you answered, you answered that so great that I don't feel like I need to elaborate or comment, even on my experience at all. Like, that was just well said. So, <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so then you asked the second angle of that. What is the hardest thing about entrepreneurship? And accepting, you know, going forward, right? What was that? Yeah. I mean, 
The first thing for me, I mean, there's been many, there's many things that, that have been very, very, very hard for me. In entrepreneurship, I came to this entrepreneurship different, right? I've been kind of an entrepreneur my whole life. So I've been a hustler. I went throughout school, I would sell stuff in high school. I mean, I sold an energy drink in high school. I, I hustled network marketing companies and other things throughout my sales jobs. In fact, I got a sales job so someday I could be a better entrepreneur and I would jump from sales job to sales job every eight months so I could acquire the skills. And so I was a skills guy. But the hardest thing for me in entrepreneurship was really trying to figure out processes and systems and figure out where I wanted to go, right? I, I've always been good at making money. I've always been good at selling things. I've always been good at at con convincing somebody to do the things that I wanted them to do. Sales, right? Conversational sales. And so whenever I needed it, my back against the wall, sure, I had money problems and I, you know, I never, you know, there's times where I was freaking out about it. I was never mega low rich or any of that stuff. So I didn't really have that traditional problem. For me, of, of entrepreneurs of finding customers and clients, I was always pretty good at that um, naturally. So for me, it was trying to figure out who I wanted to sell to and figuring out who I wanted to become, right? My whole life, I envisioned the, the laptop lifestyle, living the laptop lifestyle, firing my boss and traveling the world and all those things. I did that, right? Two years into my, my entrepreneurship career, I've been all over the world. I've been on hundreds of airplanes and uh, I'm living the laptop lifestyle. But one day I got to this point where I was like, what next? You know, I achieved my big vision goal of what I thought I wanted to do you know, when I, when I wanted to live my life, how I wanted to live my life, I literally found goals that I wrote seven years before. And I was like, this is exactly my life right now. I achieved my seven-year goals. And that's as far ahead as I thought. And I, I obsessed over that for from 18 till 25, 26, you know? And then, then what? What comes after that? And I, I had to figure that out. That was a very hard part for me is figuring out what the next level is. Not settling because I'm never a guy to settle. Like I always have an itch that needs to be scratched. And if I'm not moving forward, I'm not going anywhere, you know? And that drives me insane. I'm not a settler. And so it, it, was, it was committing to a path and a process of progress, you know, of, of what does that look like? I have a ridiculous amount of entrepreneurship skills that I can do because I've acquired them over the last seven, eight years of just going to work and doing the things. And, but what skill did I want to do? How did that fit in on a bigger picture? Where do I want to go? You know, who do I want to become? What is my place in this world? That was tough. I, I love that. I wholeheartedly agree with it because I actually went through a similar period in my life where um, I kind of caught the travel bug and I was living the laptop lifestyle. You know, I uh, went to Greece to do some photography for a company, got to travel to a few other countries, and just been traveling pretty much ever since then. But um, I had an epiphany as well after all that was over. And I was just like, am I in this to just travel the world and live a laptop lifestyle? Or am I in this to, um, help people, inspire people? And it really challenged me to think about what I wanted to do, what, who I wanted to become and how I wanted to touch the world. Cause it was more than just traveling and uh, taking photos, but it was about actually empowering others too. And that's what I do through my magazine and through my e-commerce store and through my other businesses as well. I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur, but not established just yet. So I'm going to say I'm an entrepreneur. But <laughs> um, throughout that process, I really got to 
find out about myself, how I wanted to impact the world. And honestly, that's more important than making sales or requiring new clients because without that, your clients or the sales that come from that aren't going to really resonate with you. And, you know, you're, you're just not going to be as passionate about it, as passionate yeah. about the money that you're making, as passionate about the people that you're connecting with. And I went through that. I had to learn that. And um, this also leads into my next point that I want to get into in the, the episode is uh, diversifying income. So that was actually a huge challenge for me with entrepreneurship. You know, hardly anyone in my family is an entrepreneur and trying to figure out how to start a business along with how to maintain it and then how to survive off of it and pay your team and everything else. It was a super huge challenge for me. So diversifying your income, I think, is a huge aspect of um, entrepreneurship that a lot of people don't really think about or consider on top of finding yourself and what you want to do. Both are equally, um, well, I wouldn't say equally is important, but both are very important to achieving success in whatever way that you think it is. So, um, you know, going into that, when it comes to income, which so many people are concerned about right now, um, you know, what are your thoughts and uh, your, you know, your perspective on diversifying your income in a time like this? Of course. And so for somebody that's in a job, right, when it comes to making income, I think, I think the truth is, is this, I don't think, I don't think there's a set in stone. Like there's this, this saying the average millionaire has eight streams of income or whatever. And that was so cliche when I first got started in entrepreneurship that the average entrepreneur has eight streams of income. And I thought that was the most biggest bullshit thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you know, it's, they, they would took that saying as if it's like, Oh, you get eight streams of income, you'll become a millionaire. Instead right. of person became a millionaire. So he started buying other fucking shit, which made the money. Entrepreneurship isn't always about, I'm going to take this this direction. Entrepreneurship isn't always about diversifying income, but sometimes it is, right? Entrepreneurship is about making the money when there's the opportunity. I'll give you an example, right? I I, I just recently reached out to this individual that that was creating content. I was looking to hire this individual for some graphics design work. I love the work she did. She created some incredible stuff. I reached out to her and I said, hey, I'd like to hire you to do a project like this. What would you charge me? Her response was, oh, well, I'm still going to college. I'm doing this internship program. And, you know, I want to focus my energy on the college. My response, I got so fucking pissed. By her response. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, like, no, no disrespect on what you want to do. Like, that's cool in life. But you're literally going to fucking school to learn how to make money and acquire a job in a skill set of something to go forward. I'm literally offering you a job right now without finishing the degree that I'm probably going to end up paying you 300, 400, $500 by the end of the time it's done. It's going to pay for two semesters, a semester. I don't know how much of your college debt for nothing to do the graphics design work for a couple of hours to get real world experience to put on your resume. Entrepreneurship is about not missing an opportunity when it's in front of you. Being able to jump and strike when the iron is hot. Like you don't always get opportunities to make money, right? This, this whole thing through Corona and pandemic and all this stuff, there's a million opportunities more now than there ever was. But when the world's normal, entrepreneurship is kind of about tides, right? You make money usually in waves. Yeah, you're going to have cash flow and you're going to have systems. And sometimes your business is going to make money and you're going to have a consistent flow of income. But from my experience in entrepreneurship, working with other business owners, for most 
most wealth creation opportunities, it comes bursty. It comes in like this moment where for a three-month window, like it is primed. It is hot. Like it is exploding. It's just ridiculous. And then it cools off. And then it goes again. And then it goes in waves and cycles because, because of attention and energy change and flow and move. It's about kind of back to the pivoting thing, being okay with pivoting and jumping around until your main system's going. So entrepreneurship and diversifying your income comes down to being able to strike when the iron's hot in an opportunity when it's in front of you and not missing a fucking opportunity when it's there, pardon the language, but it's like, dude, so many people miss the opportunity because they're too scared. They don't want to. They're too lazy. They don't really want to be in entrepreneurship. They don't know how to charge. Maybe it's the lack of skills, the lack of experience. I don't know. But for a lot of people, it's just like, Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's just un, uninformed. I don't know. But at the end of the day, man, if somebody's pulling out their damn credit card and offering you money to do something, take that shit. Do it. And then the worst that's going to happen is you give it back. You know, take the opportunity, take the risk, get the experience, right? And literally, I read this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it, it talks about book. book. Yeah, amazing book. Changed my life forever. Literally, one of the chapters is, is don't work for the money, work for the skills. And that's how I approach everything in my life. I literally jump from job to job to job to job to acquire new skills. Right? And so if you're going to do your entrepreneurship stuff, you want to go make money in something, go do that thing to acquire the skill. Right? You want to diversify your income, go acquire a new skill. The more skills you have, the more money you're going to make. And when the opportunity comes to make money in that space, charge. But if you don't feel like you're good enough, then give it back. If you didn't provide the value, I've literally refunded customers their money because I was like, I don't think I, I, I have a hundred percent money back guarantee. If I feel like that I didn't do your job or you feel like that I didn't do my job within reason, you can't just ask for your money back for no reason. But if I feel like I dropped the ball and I'm very honest and faithful about that, I will literally give your money back. If I feel like that you were a dickhead and kicked me around, I'm going to keep your money because it's your fault, right? I didn't have the opportunity to provide at the highest level because you didn't do the work that you were supposed to do. But if you did everything you were supposed to do and I couldn't provide, I will refund you every time. Every time. I literally was on a coaching call where I coached with this guy for 10 hours straight. He paid me 500 bucks, right? I was only supposed to give him an hour of my time. I gave him 10. By the end of that 10 hours, I literally was like, dude, I genuinely can't help you. Like you, you're, you're too far gone for me. Like you're, you're, you have too many things that's going on. This isn't right. I literally gave him his money back. 100% refund said, I'm sorry, dude, this isn't right. Yep. There's going to be plenty of, well, I wouldn't say plenty of times, but there's going to be a few times for sure that you run into that with entrepreneurship, whether it's, um, you know, giving a refund or over delivering, which in my case, that's what I've done before, um, you know, to make sure I didn't drop the ball over deliver um, with photography and giving people what they asked for. But there's nothing wrong with that because that keeps you genuine. That keeps you focused on improving your systems too. Yeah. I, I want to give another example, man. I, I, three years ago, two years ago, was building connections. I was kind of in a connection building space. And I, I had uh, this investment capital company that I was prospecting. I, uh, I met this guy. I won't keep any, I'll keep names out of it. Super incredible guy, right? Just connected running millions of dollars uh, of funds at an investment capital company. And um, he got screwed by another marketing company and I was kind of helping him out. And I started to kind of build relationships with him. And I, I would just, my, my, my go-to comment is, dude, how can I help you? Like everybody I ask, I'll just randomly ask that. If I don't know where to go with the conversation, I don't know. If, I'll just ask that, dude, how can I help you? 
And I literally just out of the blue asked him that. I was like, how can I help you? And he's like, called me like out of the blue. And he goes, man, I have a presentation that's due in 48 hours. I need some Photoshop work done for this project that needs to be like this. And I don't know who to call. He's like, you asked how you can help me. I need this shit done. And I <laughs> literally, he's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, sitting here and I'm like, this guy's up shit creek, has nowhere to go, doesn't know what to do. I don't know how to do the damn project. I don't think. And so all I did, literally, I, I was like, you know what? I'll do it. I was like, I'll figure it out for you and I'll call you back. And he's like, okay, cool. And he explained it to me, whatever. I literally took my laptop, left my house, dropped 100% of everything I needed to do, went to a Starbucks, sat in Starbucks for nine hours and figured out what he needed to get done and sent him revisions back and forth and back and forth until it was perfect. And I was clear with him. It's like, look, dude, I don't know that my, my, cause I usually hire a graphics designer to do that work. I was like, my graphics designer doesn't have time for this. The turnaround time, he's like off. No way this is going to happen by your deadline. I'll figure it out and I'll do it for you, but I'm not the best. So if it sucks, I'm sorry, but look, dude, I'm going to do everything I can. And he's like, deal. He didn't care because I was honest and, and, and truthful up front with it. At the end of the call, man, still to this day, this guy literally randomly calls me. He's like, man, hey, how can I help you? Do you need a testimonial? Do you want me to you know, stand in front of my multiple two comma club awards? My, my two comma club X award is $10 million award and I'll send you a testimonial. Like he tried to pay me all these things. I was like, nope, just pick up the phone when I need something and when I'm calling you. And he's like, you fucker. I was like, that's worth more to me than anything you could ever provide to me. If I need tip, tip advice, need help somewhere, answer the call. And he's like, you got my word. That's it, man. I, I, when you, the moral of all this, man, when you go out and you show up and you just genuinely help somebody when they need it the most, when their ass is on their line and you save their ass, that's when there's real relationships and connections built with people, right? Right now, today with Corona, more than ever, people are in a place that they genuinely need help. And they're receptive to help because they know they have a problem, but they don't know how to fix it. And so when you're going out there and you're talking and, and, and networking and communicating with these people and genuinely caring about them right now, today, right? They're open to that. Tomorrow, next week, next year, they're going to remember you. Today, right now, is the moment where you don't sell necessarily as much because Corona and lockdown, you don't market as hard necessarily as much. Today, right now, is the time that you take little wins and build little relationships, which turn into big relationships, and you plant those seeds and water them by helping people overcome their issues and problems. And that's how you diversify your income. Back to that topic, is you get in and you network with so many people, you have a ridiculous amount of connections. And before you know it, man, entrepreneurship is about connecting dots. This mm -hmm. person this, I can help them this. This person needs this, I can help them that way. When you get into business owner and you want to create a company, a big scale company, but that's on a different level for most people, right? You're going to launch corporations, seed rounds, public funding, and all that shit, which most of us that are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not in that mindset. You're not going that direction right now, and that's okay, right? You're in a small scale, solopreneur, small business owner mindset. And in order to stay alive, you're just connecting dots, man. You're helping people when the opportunity comes, and it might not be your main thing and the only thing you want to help them with. You're just reaching out, genuinely figuring out who they are. And before you know it, man, you're selling logos to people when you didn't even sell logos three days ago. But you've partnered with another guy that you knew that was a logo developer and you you know you have a hundred people that need logos now and so you sold them 120 logos and you kind of took a middleman opportunity right which is the best opportunity sometimes let me tell you that is the best opportunities man i mean there's many people right now that are making a killing off their connections off of masks 
right? I know yep. people firsthand that connected or doing entrepreneurship stuff, selling training programs and stuff to people. And then they met these individuals that own manufacturing companies that can create those masks that everyone are wearing on the streets. But because they made that connection and they, those companies don't know how to sell their product, they are leveraging their connections. Oh, they know the mayor of New York City or they know the mayor of this town, but they also know this person. So they connect the dots. Hey, talk to this mayor. They can provide the service. And then they get to broker the deal. Now they're making a ridiculous killing because they get a percentage of all the sales that went through. It's a short win, but it's a major win. But that wouldn't have ever happened if, if six years ago, three years ago, two years ago, they were not spending their time connecting and building relationships. Absolutely. See what I'm Today's you build relationships. That's how you diversify your income. <laughs> so everything you want Absolutely. in this life, man. In everything you want in the world, somebody else has it. And so as you go out, you start. That's a fact. That's a bar. Yeah, dude. I'll say that again. Everything you want in this life, somebody else has it. You want more skills? Somebody else has that skill. They can teach you that skill. You want more money? Somebody else has your money. Who's got your money? Who has it? How can you help them? If you want more connections, more friends or relationships, somebody else has that. Somebody else is that. Everything in this world is about getting to know more people. You want a mentor? Somebody else has that. Everything in this life, everything that you want, more diversification, more income, somebody else has that income, that has that knowledge, that income. Like you, you, the saying is you are the average, you know, your network is your net worth or whatever that quote is. Yeah. And that, that is the genuine fact about everything. I, I had a buddy, another buddy of mine, I talk business with these people all the time, just in general. He goes, if you want to, he goes, if you wanted to build a building or, or a construction in downtown Austin anymore, these people don't care if you actually have the money to even build the building, right? If you wanted to build a skyscraper, apartment complexes in any major city around this world, it's not about the money, having the money. It's about who you know. He's like, you're not going to be able, even if you have the skills, the ability and all that stuff to build that skyscraper, it's never going to get approved. It's never going to go through the plans. It's never going to happen. Because you don't, or you're not connected with the right people that are going to be able to pull the strings to make that and approve those deals. Too much legislation, too much this, too much that, whatever it is that you're going to have to work through that is not going to happen because somebody else has the connections and they're going to beat you through it every single time. The world's about who you know. Today, right now, everybody's at home wanting to get more known, wanting to talk to people, wanting to connect with people because they're at home not doing anything. They're isolated. They're bored. They're sitting on the couch, counting the dots, freaking out and panicking about their life. Reach out and talk to them and say, hey, dude, what you doing? Now more than ever, man, CEOs and entrepreneurs and authors and speakers and coaches and the people that you want to know are at home not having anything to do because they stopped. Because the world stopped. Don't stop. Non-stop. Absolutely. I love it, man. I love it. And I love that you um, said being genuine in the midst of all that, too, because relationships that you're building just to get something out of people never work. It has oh. to be genuine and it has to be mutually beneficial of what you do hope to to get out of them and what yeah. you hope to. Yeah, exactly. It's about caring. And it's it's OK to come with an agenda, right? It's it's OK to come with a pitch and that you you eventually someday want something. I mean, the investment capital company, I just told you that story about, 
was 100% the same thing. He knows that I have an agenda for something somewhere and I'm only following up with him because he's massively connected. He doesn't give a shit. If I can help him and I genuinely care about his success and it's not only about me, I'm coming to say, hey, how can I help you? What do you need? Let me help you. I want to help you. I've got skills. You need pro- You have problems. Let me use your, my skills to your problems. Even if that, it's like they're, they're expecting to pay you, but people want to spend their money. People want to pay you. People want to help you too, but people want to receive help in return or they need to receive value in return, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, sure, it's coming without expectations of receiving. And I didn't actually have any expectations of receiving. I didn't even pay him or I didn't even have him pay me. Literally, I didn't even, I don't even think I charged him for that product, that project. I literally just said, dude, I want to get to know, know more from you and learn more from you. You know what I mean? And that was my agenda was I want to figure out what I, I don't know, man. I just want to add you to my Rolodex. And if I need to pitch you something someday, I want you to hear me out. Hell yeah. You owe me one. <laughs> and and that was the expectation. And so. And, and those are the best relationships to have. It's genuine, but you both can win from it. It's a win-win. Yeah. That's what it's about. Win-win. And, and win-wins come from when you're somebody that can help other people, right? There's a lot of people in this world that, that want it, right? They want it, but they haven't spent a lot enough time acquiring skills. I get, I get a ton of people that want to come to me and, and, and want to be a coach or want to create content and want to do all these things and want to be this motivational speaker or want to do whatever, but they don't want to do the work to acquire the skills to, to be able to give value to somebody else. 99% of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's the problem is, is, is that like people come, especially when I was the agency, when I was doing a lot of done for you stuff, people would come to me and they want, would want me to build a funnel for them or want me to get them a thousand followers or 10,000 followers on Instagram. Look, dude, if you want 10,000 followers on Instagram, you have to be followable. You have to be creating and providing value to other people that keeps people to stay around. No matter how good I am as a marketer, I can't polish a turd. You know, <laughs> you know, no disrespect to anybody out there that doesn't really have the value yet. That doesn't mean you have to be a turd forever. You know what I mean? It's like you can go out, you can spend this moment to invest in yourself. And investing in yourself is literally just going on Teachable or uh, Skillshare. Skillshare is $10 a month or something stupid, ridiculously cheap. And there's millions of things that you can go in there and acquire the basic skills of doing whatever the heck you want to do. You guys cancel your Netflix, cancel your Hulu, cancel your HBO Go, cancel whatever the hell you're paying $10 a month for. Disney Plus. You're not even going to fucking Starbucks anymore. You have that money now because you're locked up. So take that damn Starbucks money that you're paying, that you spent $100 a month on Starbucks anyway, buy a year's worth of Skillshare at $110, and now invest hours in their learning graphics design, image creation. Like there's literally, there's literally uh, engineering classes teaching you how to create software in there. There's things that are teaching you coding. Like, dude, you can go in and learn how to cook on that site, 120 bucks. There's people taking the skills they have and they're just giving it out there. You can go in there and acquire the basic skills to get you started to be able to charge for the things that you learn because you acquire the skills. Absolutely, man. Um, and I want to play off of that a little bit for um, you know this next question and also my response to that too. Because it's like, you know, your network is so vital. It's so important. But also, I think entrepreneurship and being focused on your income in a time like this is also about taking calculated risk. Um, obviously, you don't want to risk everything when things are uncertain. But 
you do have to take a risk to get some return. And it doesn't have to be big. There are lots of people who will make money from this pandemic and there's lots who will lose money. But we should focus on the positive. And there can be a lot of positive from calculated risk, which includes investing in things like knowledge, like you were talking about, Skillshare. There's LinkedIn Premium that has a lot of courses on there, too. Um, HubSpot. There's so many different tools and platforms that we can use to learn. It's all about investing our time and money into it. If the money is even included, sometimes you can get these courses for free. Um, but then other things, too, like virtual conferences. There's so many conferences going on right now that are online that have so much knowledge, so many people that have been through what you're trying to go through. Um, and most of the time they're available for free as well. So using these um, virtual experiences and courses and knowledge and things like that will help you get to the next level. level and that's super low calculated risk. But also, um, you know, another definitive objective of getting a return is investing in our business or our idea. We were touching on that a little bit earlier. There's never been a time like this where we had um, the opportunity to act on our idea or on our business. So making sure that we're investing into our business or our ideas so we have that extra stream of income or just even something that we're passionate about that we can dive into when we're bored or when we're away from our job once that comes back to it, right? Um, so definitely that. Also, considering you know the market, and how everything is going, advertising is still cheap. You can still do a dollar a day on Facebook, dollar a day on Instagram. These little things add up over time to where you're taking low calculated risks to keep growing and investing in yourself and your business or whichever. Um, and then also bonds. Uh, there's a platform that I use called Worthy Bonds, and I'll have that link in this uh, podcast episode uh, description. But this allows you to purchase bonds for only $10 each. And this allows you to, um, you know, buy into bonds, make a dividend from that and be able to cash out at any time that you want. So the risk is really low, but at the same time, you're getting a return on it. And then lastly, passively investing into stocks, which um, includes investing like 10 to $25 per week. Like Jeff had mentioned, that's Starbucks money. That's Netflix. That's Hulu. That's fucking Disney Plus. All that bullshit that we consume on a daily basis, we could invest into knowledge, into bonds, into our business, into investing in stocks, because all these things are long-term investments. You want to think long-term, not short-term, because this shit's going to be over before we know it. I mean, I hope, I'm praying that it is, but that's, you know, kind of my perspective and some of my tips that I think are important to taking calculated risk. I had, I had somebody actually ask me this question. Um, very similar question to what you were just talking about is what risks as an entrepreneur should you be taking? And, uh, and I think that goes actually to a great, great avenue of exactly what you just said, right? And the, the advice I told her is this, I was like, dude, what risks should you be taking? The first thing you want to rule out, are you going to die? You know, obviously if I'm going to be smoking weed and I'm going to go drink driving, that's not a risk I'm going to take. You know, am I going to be in trouble? Am I going to get locked up? Am I going to jail? Then no, because that's, that's not a risk I ever want to take. You know, so you rule that off. And then the next thing that you have to do when you're asking yourself is an educated risk that you go to do is, are you going to acquire skills, right? Because a lot of people, educated risks, it's about money, right? Creating money or earning money or making money. And um, they, they, they think that they need to go buy stocks. And I want to hit that real quick. So they're like, I had some guy reach out to me and say, which marijuana stock should I buy? And I'm like, dude, if you're asking that, <laughs> if you're asking that question, you shouldn't be buying any stocks, you know? And so if you don't right. have 
skills or the knowledge to know what bonds or stocks or any of those things, you shouldn't be doing that because then you're going to the casino and you're, it's just like betting on black, right? If you go out and you go bet on black or you buy some stocks and then those stocks go down and you lose the money on the stock because you didn't know what you're buying or the knowledge or the skills or the things that you're putting on, the company goes bankrupt because you, you bought penny stocks because obviously you thought that was a good idea and it goes to zero, you acquired zero skills. You acquired zero real world knowledge. You acquired zero actual physical, tangible assets. My belief, this is my belief when it comes to all those things, is, is that the, the things that you invest in are the things that are going to acquire you skills. You invest your time into jobs that are going to give you skills. You invest your money into things that are going to give you knowledge, connections, and skills. You invest everything, your assets, your time, your thoughts, your, your mindsets, your whatever, everything that you're doing that you have to invest into growing who you are as a person. So that way you become a person of value. You become a contributing member of society. That's how you make money and assets and create wealth in this world is you become somebody that is better than something else. You have better skills in, in an avenue than other people do. You become above average of, in skills, then you can charge a premium. I charge a ridiculous amount right now compared to what I was making at my job for coaching, right? And helping people. And all I do is talk to people. I teach people and hear them and help them on a physical level. I'm literally charging people $500 a month for my coaching program today. We're bumping up to that $750 and you get two hours of my time for $750. Where years ago, I'm sitting on a call in a call center taking eight calls eight hours a day and making $22 an hour. Today, I charge $450 an hour or something for the same exact thing. And I, all I'm doing is teaching, training, educating people. Except it's not the same, right? Because of the skills and the value and the knowledge that I've accrued over the last couple of years. I'm not telling you to become a coach, but I'm telling you the things you know, the only thing that's separating you from who you are today and the people that you want to become is the things that you know in your head. Think about it. If you knew everything that Bill Gates knew today and you dumped every, you just choke his brain out, put him in his head, you probably could be Bill Gates tomorrow. They, they say if you took all the wealth out of this world and distributed it equally among every single person in this world where the playing field was even, within about five-year period, the wealth would be exactly in the same hands that it was before. Why? Yep. Why? Because of the knowledge and the skills and the connections that those other individuals have. It's not about how much money you have. It's not about any of those things. It's about what you know, the six inches between your ears. Everything you need to be doing in your life is to level up your perspective to level up your knowledge, to level up your skills. Everything you need to be doing in life is to level up your skills, level up your perspective, level up your knowledge, so that way you can see things in a different way. Every breakthrough, everything that you push through is a mental reframe, a mental reframe. Every breakthrough you have in life is a mental reframe. It's the six inches between your ears. It's not a physical reframe. It's not a you got more money reframe. It's you see things differently now. Your brain sees things differently now. You're, you know things differently now. It's about the six inches between your ears. It's always about the six inches between your ears, who you know and what you know. All of them about know. What do you know? How can you help people? What can you provide to people? What can you do? What can you do? That's how you win. That's what you need to be investing in. Invest in you, dude. Because when you invest in you, you never lose that. You might lose the money. You might have spent $2,000 on a course and it might have sucked. But you know what? You have a little bit more knowledge now than what you had last week ago. You know what I mean? You, Honestly, that shit happened to me before. <laughs> I spent like $600 on the course and I learned nothing. <laughs> then you get a but refund. Call your credit card company and dispute the damn. Yeah, I'm sure. Dude, they will literally give you your money back. 
But the point of all of that is, is, is that regardless of if, if you didn't learn nothing, I, I, I don't think that you didn't learn nothing. You might not have learned nothing new, but I, I think that you learned a system, a process, an angle. You now know not to trust that person. You, you now know have a little bit of different perspective on, on the way they see the world. It might not have been the $600 value, right, that you paid for it. You might feel that you didn't get as much as you got on it, you know? And that might be the, the person's fault of them marketing the wrong product. And sure, you know, there's not, not every course out there is the best. I, I will be first to say Absolutely. that a bunch of shit. But I mean, in buying a course that's garbage, it's still better than betting on black. You know? Because, that's a fact. That's a fact. Because betting on black, dude, if it if it loses, you get nothing. Nothing. Right. I mean, betting on buying Whereas the- investing in a course, you at least have an opportunity to learn and gain skills rather yeah, than you have, you have just to- losing all of it. Exactly. And and dude, it it might you might not have gotten anything out of that course, and the value might not have been in the course. But usually, that that course put together a group where you could have networked with those groups. It brings you a little bit closer to that guru, maybe where you can reach out to the guru and talk to that individual and like build a relationship with him, you know, and have a conversation. And maybe he knows more people to help you further down on the path. You know, I I think a lot of people buy a course and only see it for the knowledge that they're going to get in the course. And so, sure, sometimes the video course, you shouldn't have bought it. And it's like, damn, I wasted my time buying that or my money. But, dude, there's so many other trickles of value out of that stuff, too, that, that you could have gotten, that you should have gotten, you know, if you would have just invested a couple more minutes. Not saying that you didn't personally, but you know what I mean? It's just like, I, yeah, I get what you're there's, so I mean, there's so many, dudes. don't get me wrong, though. There's some times where it's a potato where you literally did just waste your money and everybody wastes money in life. You know, you can't dodge that. You know? Right. You got to charge it to the game. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, you mark it up as a learning experience and don't buy from that fucker ever again. Right. But at the same time, too, it um, it gives you a little perspective on just how to navigate through um, courses and through your knowledge and what you want to invest into. Because when I actually bought that course, I was super young. I was like 21 years old and investing $600 into something besides like my camera equipment was far off for me. Like, you know, stuff I needed, of course, I would invest in, but like investing in the course was so far off. So I felt like I didn't learn anything from it just because I felt like I didn't learn enough. But uh, there was probably a few gems in there that I didn't catch or understand at the time that um, made me look past it and think the course was bad. So that's a great point that you brought up. There's stuff in there that I probably could have learned, but just it being, yeah, that perspective, being uh, super young at the time and just not really knowing how to apply those skills is how, how many times you went back and reread a book, right? And that same right. book your book reader, but you know you read that book, oh yeah, and you, you pick up a different thing. I, let me I, not even personal development, right? I read Harry Potter like fifteen thousand times. Every time I read that, I'll pick up a little minute detail in that book that I've listened to literally a freaking million times and read even more and watched all the videos. And it's like, why did I never catch that before now? Like why didn't the, and I'll just I'll start dying laughing about that little detail because I reread it, you know. So it's like it's it's when we go through things the first time, our brain doesn't catch it all, doesn't see it all. It, it connects the dots and uh, it starts going through. But but in in terms of 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 coaching and education and learning, our brains there's something called neuroplasticity where our brains are kind of like USB flash drives where they have like 16 gigabytes of data that they can hold. As you go through life, 
you start going through these courses and seminars right on the front end, right? You might not get value out of it and the knowledge that you that you wanted to get out of it instantaneously. But what happens is, 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 is subconsciously that information gets deposited into your brain and it starts to override other things that were not as valuable in your head. And I don't know if you've had this, but maybe you start forgetting memories of things that you did in high school and you were seven and 10, the things that are not, that are not as high quality, right? Your brain will literally override those, those memories and knowledge and stuff. And when that happens, right? And your, your brain, you start putting more skills and knowledge and perspective from other people into your brain. What happens is, is you start to subconsciously make different decisions. You literally become a different person, mentally make different decisions, right? We make every decision in life based on the knowledge and information that we have in our head, based on the perspective that we currently have, whether or not we're going to buy the Cheetos or not buy the Cheetos, whether we're going to buy you know, a cake or we're going to buy celery, whether we're going to go date this girl or date that girl, whether we're going to go to this nightclub or that nightclub, whether we're going to get on this plane or buy from that plane, whether we're going to take this opportunity or that opportunity or no opportunity, we're going to invest money here, invest money there. All those choices in life come from the information and past experiences that we have currently in our head. And so when we go through life and we override the, the, the experiences and the things that are not serving our purposes by filling up that space with, with other things, we make better choices. Absolutely. No, I'm glad, we, I'm glad we touched on that and went so in-depth into it as we did because I feel like that's really important for people to hear. Um, but ingraining it. Be repetitions, cycles, repetitions, cycles, man overriding even if you've heard it before it works yeah man because then it, then it becomes it's like driving a car a stick shift for the first time the first time you do it it's hard right in theory it seems easy pushing the clutch shift the gears right in theory it seems easy but in in practice somebody taught that to you they taught it to you you know how to do it in theory so you get in the car for the first time you're like dude this is going to be a piece of cake to drive the stick shift car but then when it comes down to actually doing it you're like, holy shit, there's like this sweet spot. Like I have to have the clutch like in this exact spot before it grabs. And if I let go too soon, I'm jumpy. And then, you know, like, what does that whining of the engine sound like? You know, what does that mean? Like, what am I supposed to actually shift? And you're watching the RPMs. And then, you know, six years from now, a year from now, two years from now, whatever, that you've been driving that stick shift, you literally get to a point where you don't even have to think about it anymore. You can literally just feel the car and your steering wheel and hear the car based on the sounds that it's making and know when to shift. Because it becomes second nature. The saying is, is once you learn how to ride a bike, you can always ride a bike or whatever, right? You never forget how to ride a bike or whatever, right? It's because then it becomes second nature. That skill becomes acquired because you've done it of repetitions. It took how many times of doing it through the cycle to actually acquire that, to make it second hand. You know what I mean? Where it's like, where it becomes natural. At first, driving was hard. Shifting gears was hard. But then after doing it so many times, it becomes second nature. And then you just act on it without even thinking. That's what entrepreneurship and business and sales is all about. Doing things, you know, with repetition so you can move faster. You can act faster. You can do faster because you don't have to think about it and process as much. Right? It's, it's you already know. You have the better perspective. Experience. For sure. Move. For sure. Um, so I want to move into the last part of the episode um, and want us to kind of get focused on goal setting. Yeah. So 
How do you set goals? I love this, man. This is one of my favorite things to talk about is goal setting. Um, I'll start anytime I set a goal. Usually I'll start look towards like a five-year, six-year, seven-year goal. Um, something I'll dream big, right? I'll, I'll dream really big of what I wanted to do at the time. I'll, that example, right? I'll, I'll uh, you know, my seven-year goal lived a laptop lifestyle. And I'll look at that and then I'll break it down, that seven-year goal into skills that I need to acquire in order to get there. Like who do I, and then I'll add another set, uh, section. Who do I need to add into my life? Or who do I think I need to add into my life to get there? How much money do I need to acquire to get there? What things do I need? And I'll start to break it down, trying to make it very granular, piece by piece by piece by piece to acquire these things. Uh, and once I have kind of like an itemized list of things that I think I need, then I'll kind of set that seven-year goal off to a side and I'll work literally on a 90-day window, a 100-day window. And then all I do is I don't write year goals, two-year goals, five-year goals past that, right? What I'll do is I'll write a 100-day goal and I'll take a couple of pieces that I think I need. Okay, I need to have 15 people that I know that are good at this, or I need to have this skill, or I need to get to a point where I'm making $3,000 a month so I can hire an assistant, whatever. And I'll take that singular goal and then for 100 days, I will go to work. And I will produce and just continue working on that 100 days until I acquire that skill or until I reach that goal. For that 100-day window, that's all I'm thinking about. That's the brick I'm going to accomplish. 100 days, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get here. And if at the end of the 100 days, I get to a point where I realize that that's not the brick that I actually needed or that's not the perspective that was right or whatever it may be, like this, this wasn't what I actually needed, then I'll stop. And I'll reset my 100-day goals. Usually, I'll go on a vacation or I'll take a break or whatever, stop and meditate and think, and where did I, where did I go wrong? What messed up? And I'll write another 100-day goal again, three months, and say, let's go. Three months, what are we doing? What needs to be done? Let's go. And I'm going to go hard for those three months, and I'll work in 100-day cycles. And I, I work like that. Processes revolutions because then it's like you got the big vision of where you're going but then it's also on a small scale where where it allows you to be pivot right and be be versatile and entrepreneurship and goal setting a lot of times these business plans and things that people write and set in stone put them in this narrow box and they get like very super laser focused on that specific target and that target's not what they should be shooting for they're going in the wrong direction and they never take time to analyze and step back but that's what they're pushing for and then when they get there, they'll never get there most of the time. But when they do, or if they do, that goal, they're like, well, shit, I just wasted three years or five years of my life because I, I didn't actually think about it. I didn't, I didn't chuck it out. Or the opposite comes true where they'll never get there because they set a goal so big that they didn't actually figure out how they can bite-size chunk it down. There's the saying of how do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time. Right? We've all heard that saying too, realm wasn't built in a day, it was built by one brick at a time. There's a Chinese proverb called Kaizen or Japanese or something, an Asian proverb called Kaizen, which is one little piece at a time. And so I break it down and say, I'm going to get very clear on what little piece am I going to instill into my kingdom, my castle, my, my process today, right now. What is this piece that I'm going to do in the next three months that I'm going to implement? And I've done that. Many, many, many times in my life, I did that with like a YouTube experience where I was like, I think I need to go start creating YouTube videos. Spent a hundred days, created a hundred videos in a hundred days. And I just went insanely crazy on videos. By the end of the hundred days, I realized that I messed up, that it was a wrong piece, a wrong component. And I stopped and I literally haven't done a lot of YouTube videos since then. And I've done that many times over where I'll go forward and then I'll come back and I'll go forward and then I'll come back. 
It's like, because we all have a million options in our life, right? We have a million different paths when we look in front of us that we can go, right? And I, I, I told this story actually to my buddy yes, today or yesterday or something that when we're going through life, it's like walking through a tunnel, right? As we're going through this tunnel for a little while, we're going forward, it makes sense. But eventually we get to a point where we get to a crossroads where we have three, three choices, the left choice, the middle choice, and the right choice. And what I usually do is I'll, I'll take, okay, I'll pick one of these choices. I'll go left and I'll go hundred meters and then I'll, I'll walk completely back and then I'll go down the middle and then I'll go down the right one until I find out which one was right. And sure, it might be a little bit slower process, but once you pick the right tunnel, then all of a sudden it's explosive growth and you can now go for miles. And then eventually you'll get to a point where, again, you'll have that opportunity where uh, you have three, four, five tunnel choices that you have to figure out what you want to go down. And you'll guess a couple, then you'll come back. And eventually, maybe you don't have to test them all, but you'll test a couple of them, acquire the skills of the thing that you tested, and then you go down that path that's the right path for you. And then you just sprint. When you, when you figure it out, that one little piece, it's about figuring out one little piece at a time. One piece at a time. You sprint. Just go as hard as you fucking can the second you realize the direction you need to go. Just nonstop, condensed time, go all out. You just, you're going to break shit. You're going to have customer service problems. You're going to have mistakes. But you're going you're gonna to push through so hard that you're going to have a breakthrough that you've never had before because you committed to that one direction. Right, and you, you commit, and, and and I do that on hundred day windows. I commit down the left tunnel, and I'll go ridiculously hard down the left tunnel, and then like that's not right. And then I'll slowly walk back down the left tunnel and enjoy my life and enjoy the process and be okay that I sucked and I failed and that wasn't the right direction. It's not a fail; it's a learn. Right? It's not a loss. I learned all these new skills down the path, which might not be right for me for now, but it might be right later on. And then I'll then I'll go ridiculously hard down the middle path as fast as I can, acquire all those skills. And then I'll walk back if I have to. And if not, I'll keep going forward and just sprint until I get to another crossroads. I love that. I love how you elaborated so in depth on that too. Um, and goal setting is super important, man. That's why I wanted to ask you. Um, and I'll just elaborate a little bit on my goal setting. Um, it's a little bit different, but along the same lines, um, you know, basically your, your 100-day goals, right? They're micro goals, um, kind of when you think about it. So that's kind of how I break down mine too. So when I do goal setting, I sit down every week and I do a weekly recap. And this weekly recap includes a few things. So it's goal setting. That's the first one. That's the first thing I sit down and do. And I discuss and think about my personal goals, my micro goals, which is like 90 days I try to set them to. And then my macro goals, which is a year or longer, right? Um, so every week I'll do a weekly recap, start on goal setting first. And then I move on to my growth plan, um, basically about optimizing, um, networking, just building everything, just growing. Um, and then after that, I check my resources and my tools to make sure, you know, I'm staying up to date with those and how I could continue to use those further. Um, whether it's like checking newsletters that I've subscribed to from platforms and tools that I use or getting on their website to see any updates that they have. Um, and then I organize my bookmarks. And this is a, a super important for me, too, because I, I'm on my computer a lot um, just from being involved with media and doing marketing and photography and things like that. So I have a lot of bookmarks. So organizing bookmarks is very important to me as well. Um, and it's almost necessary at this point because there's just so many great things on the Internet that you can use and access at any time. So bookmarks are key for me. 
Then after that, I'll organize my finances and my transactions, uh, most importantly. So categorizing things, making sure that everything's updated. So come tax time, I don't have to just sit down and do all this shit for hours or um, outsource it to someone else to do. Um, it's just easier, easier to keep track of everything, easier to project um, and things like that. Yeah. Then after that, I'll organize my uh, my plans for my investments and for my debt payoffs of anything that I have debt in or anything that I want to invest in. Um, and that's pretty much the last thing. And then after that, I'll do a, a financial recap of, you know, my savings, uh, my, my stocks, my investing, my bonds, things like that, the debt, uh, my budgets, everything like that come last after all these other things have been taken care of. So I have a better perspective on moving forward. So that's kind of how I goal set. Um, I like to put it first when I start my weekly recap, but then I'll go back and adjust. Um, I adjust my goal all the time. But during the weekly recap is when uh, the bulk of it gets done. So that's pretty much a breakdown of how I do goal setting. I like it, man. I uh, I have with mine. I have two core theories. One, your your five year, your seven year goal can change. You can yep. adjust that. You can change that. That's that's wiggleable. My short one hundred day goal. You can't change that. You're making a promise to yourself that you're going to get this shit done. You're going to do whatever the hell it takes until you acquire that skill. And then once that deadline comes through, you're making a, a formal contract with yourself of this is what's going to happen. And then after that, man, then you figure it out. What do you want to do next? And uh, you give yourself a 30-day break, maybe, maybe longer, maybe less. You know, keep going. But I love it, man. Goals, goals, a lot of people set them and they don't take them seriously. They set their goals. For a lot of people, pe- pe- a lot of people set their goals, which is so sad, to impress other people. They are setting their goals because it's not what they genuinely want. They're not really their goals. They're setting their goals on what they think is going to make them happy. What a lot of people think is going to make them happy is impressing other people. And so they're buying stupid shit. They're buying watches and they're setting these big goals so they can have this Ferrari to impress their their college, you know, girlfriend that they ex-girlfriend that they never liked anyway. You know, they impress Aunt Georgia and, you know, Aunt Karen. You know, and, and they set all these big ambitious goals, not even really taking into account to really what's true to them in the processes and things that they want to do with their life. And so I think for goal setting, it's very, very important to get very clear on who you are and where you want to go. Yes, absolutely. And, and breaking it down too. So, you know, Looking, looking at the end of the goal is always great, but you want to break it down in steps too. So you don't have to feel like that. It's just such a huge feat to accomplish. You want to break it down on how you can start, how you can keep progressing and then how you can finish because you want to finish strong on every single goal. Right. So I feel like breaking it down is very helpful, but also, uh, just gives you perspective on working towards something and then achieving it. For sure, man. Um, and I'll just, I'll give a plug here on a tool that I use that helps me with my weekly recap, my goal setting, um, all the things that I mentioned. I use Wonderlist right now, but they actually got acquired by Microsoft and they're going away uh, starting like next week. So I've actually converted to another platform called TickTick. Don't confuse it with TikTok. <laughs> TickTick. Um, and it's basically the same concept. You know, you can set, uh, you know, reminders, deadlines on different tasks. You can, um, put in attachments. You can basically have your whole entire calendar laid into 
these tools to help you continue going after your goals, uh, your daily assignments, things you have to get done, uh, weekly assignments, monthly assignments, anything you can do inside of tools like these. So um, this will also be in the episode description where you can uh, check that out. But I just wanted to plug those because they have been super important for me throughout my journey. Uh, man. Yeah, dude. So, um, you know, how's goal change? How, sorry. How has goal setting changed for you over the years? I feel like our goal setting strategies change to our lifestyles. So I kind of want to hear your perspective on that. Mine has definitely changed. So uh, honestly, man, mine hasn't. My goal setting strategy has always been the same. I, uh, I learned it from at least the 100 day push portion. I, I learned it from the network marketing space. There was a guy named Eric Worre that he interviewed a ridiculous amount of super successful entrepreneurs that are making seven figures or more a year. And uh, he went and interviewed them and, and started asking them, you know, when, when were the biggest levels of success that happened in your business? And they all talked about that, man, they did a 90-day burst or an excited launch process. And that's what started to happen in, in terms of everything. I started to hear everybody, even entrepreneurs in the coaching space, they talked about launch pushes, right? And then they'll talk about these launch strategies and launch this and launch that and launch this. And all of these launches that people were doing, it was just an insane amount of push and energy that they were doing for about 100 days, three, four months, where they were launching a project. And you take that same psychology to everything, putting an insane amount of energy into getting off the ground. You look at an airplane. When an airplane takes off and gets off the ground, an airplane has to get off the ground. It has to give 100% energy, 100% throttle. The, the pilot just shoves that throttle all the way to the ground. And it's 100% till it gets to its goal of whatever it is, 12,000 feet, 25,000 feet, 30,000 feet, whatever. It reaches that level, then it goes 70%, 60%, just idles or whatever it needs to be to stay at that altitude. And every time that that plane wants to get to the next level, it goes 100% again, 100% throttle, pushes it to the floor, and that's what it does to the next level. And so I live my life kind of like living on stairs because I know that, you know, you're not going to go zero to 100. Like, that's just not going to happen real quick. Like, you're not going to be Grant Cardone tomorrow or that Leo Messi or Michael Jordan. It's just not going to happen. And our minds and bodies are, are very much like cell phones, actually, right? Where we have to go through, we have to spend a bunch of time downloading the software and, and updating our, our firmware, right? When your cell phone has to get an update, it, it spends two hours, three hours, a bunch of time downloading from the internet as fast as it can to put that software on the phone. But then what happens is after it's been downloaded, the phone has to shut down and completely stop and digest that information, right? And reinstall it, delete out the old firmware, delete out the old files and reinstall it onto the phone. And when the phone turns back on, it's again, it's now at 100%. You know, it's ready to go. It's the software's running again. And the new thing's been upgraded and installed. In business and in life, that's how I found that my head works, my body, my thing works. Like I go to the gym and I'll reach these massive goals and I'll push to get to that next level. I'll go really fucking hard, like really hard, like harder than majority of you guys have ever gone in your life. Hard for 100 days. And then I'll take time off because you can't do it for that level forever. You just physically don't have enough energy and calories inside your body to sustain that. You get tired. Your body hurts. Your eyes hurt. Your, you start to break down. 100 days is sustainable. But then you take that time off, you've made a bunch of mess, made a bunch of problems, and you're just going to sit back and you're going to fix the issues that you have and decompress. Enjoy your life. 
meditate and travel and enjoy and just love the process that the, the growth that you just had. Growth happens in stages. It's kind of like bamboo. Bamboo takes 10 years or some shit being in the ground and then in like a six day window or 10 day window or 15 day window, 30 day window, whatever the hell it is, it's 10 feet, right? You literally have to plant bamboo in the ground and water it and fertilize it for years. And then in a month, it's full height, 10 feet off the ground where at one point, like it's literally growing 14 inches a day or something crazy. Damn. Yeah. And so like in, in life, it's kind of like that, man. It, you have to, you have to get momentum. You have to, in, in order to get momentum, you have to push really fucking hard for that time. And then it starts paying you dividends and then you can stop and take a break, you know, after you got to that point. But then if you really want to get to the next level, you have to do it again. It's like, all right, you gear up, you take, you know, you win in your vacation, you tell your wife, your girlfriend, whatever, that it look, dude, you're probably going to hate your life. You're going to hate me for the next month because I'm going to be gone. And you're going to miss me and I'm going to miss you. But you know what? I need to get to this place to where I need to go. And I'm going to do everything that it takes to get there for us, for our future. Then once we get there and achieve that goal, then we're going to do whatever. I'm going to take you to Paris, to Bali, to Berlin, to Mexico, to Barcelona, whatever it is that you want to do. I'm going to take you to those places. But until then, I'm going to go hard. And I need you to, to accept that and appreciate that. Stay out of my way or help me. And if you can help any of these things, let's do that. And you go all in. Everybody's all in is different. What you can do to go all in is different than what I can do to go all in. But that's what we do. We have to push all our fucking chips into the table and say, fuck this. I'm going all in. And when you're done with that all in, you're going to come back with a bigger fucking scoop. So the next time that you go all in, it's more fucking chips that you're pushing into the middle. And then you just come back with more chips after that. You know, when the time is right in poker, you do go all in. You bet the fucking house. And so you build up and you play small bets and you figure out what's right and you make reads. But when you're right, and you know that you need, you figured out what needs to be done. Then you go fucking all in. Just shove that shit all in. Most people will never go all in. They're just 50 bucks here, small bets there, small bets this. Fuck that, dude. When you're ready, you know it. You'll know it. You're like, dude, I know what I need to do. You just need to wrap your head around, I'm going to do whatever the fuck it takes to get there. Most people are there right now, to be honest. Most people know what needs to be done. Most people know what they need to do. But they won't define their success and they won't define what needs to be done 100%, really spend a couple of seconds to think about what their target is. And they won't define what their target is because then when they miss it, they don't feel like a failure. They're afraid to define what their target is and their success is because then they don't have to ever feel like a failure when they miss it. Most people never define what success is to them. So then they can never go all in to bet for their success, to push for what it is that they really want. Bars. <laughs> Hell fucking yeah. I love it. I love it, dude. Uh, all in, dude. All in, bro. I'm going to do some quote, some quotables here from some of my favorite rappers. But Will <laughs> Wayne once said, you know, life is a game and I'm all about my poker chips. That's the shit he's talking about. Yeah, man. Going all in and just making sure you, you stay the course no matter what. But then also, um, you know, Nipsey Hussle, I feel like he's a mentor that I never met. But um, 
he also said you got to be willing to to die for what you want to go after. And it's like you're probably not gonna die going after it, but you're you not. have to be willing to do that shit oh. and have no regrets about it. It's because it feels like you're gonna fucking die, man. Like, yeah. honest, like the fear. Every that's what fear is. Like I, I, I had this mental breakthrough one time where I was sitting there with my girlfriend or whatever we were talking, and I'm like, you know what stops you? Like you have stage fright. You're afraid to go speak on stage, right? You get this butterflies. Why do you not do the prospect or the cold calls or go talk to that girl that you always wanted to get out? It's because you feel like you're gonna fucking die. Like you, you haven't defined what is the worst case scenario, which is like the same thing. You haven't defined what the best case scenario is. So you haven't defined what the worst case scenario is. And so your brain has the flight or flight instinct that's inside of you. So it literally feels like you're going to fucking die. So you have to (laughs) die for it because it feels like that. Because sometimes like fear and anxiety, all that shit, like your brain dumps that fucking chemical inside your head to make you feel for a couple of seconds that you're going to die. So you stay in your safe place. But then you wake up and realize I'm not going to fucking die. I might, I might end up on my parents' couch, but fuck, dude, that's not that bad. I might have to sell my sports car, but you know what? I bought that anyway to impress my fucking coworkers that I think are pieces of shit. So why did I even buy that? Me. You know, I literally was rolling around in a $600 a month sports car that I purchased at a sales job so I can impress the people that I didn't even care about, you know? And I I didn't realize that until later on that it was like, I bought it because dude, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I still love it to this day. Like I'm going to go buy another one. It was on the lease and I returned that shit. I was like, dude, I really want that car back now. But for a different reason, when I first bought it, it was because I was like, I wanted to impress my coworkers that I was someone cool or whatever, the internet or whoever the fuck it was. And it's like, dude, we get caught up and we think we're going to die, man. You're not, you're not going to fucking die. You, you're not, you're literally not. You, you, you're, you're just not, man. The worst that's going to happen, the worst that's going to yeah. happen is, is that you lose a couple hundred bucks, but you know what? You were going to piss that shit away on the nightclub anyway. And that probably could kill you. You're going to actually, the fucking truth is, is you are going to die someday, you know, next year, maybe tomorrow you're going to get hit by a fucking car. The meteor, I don't know. Corona's going to fucking kill you. You're going to die of cancer when you're 85, whatever. Someday you're going to fucking die. Life is a sexually transmitted disease that's someday going to kill you. And that's the truth. (laughs) <laughs> like literally life is, <laughs> is it is man someday you're gonna fucking die where yeah so your choice is, is is if that's the truth someday you're gonna die then how the fuck do you want to write the pages in the book in the middle do you want to wake up when you're 85 and realize that you didn't do what the fuck you wanted to do because you were scared and now you're gonna fucking die because you're 85 anyway you know and you didn't do that shit when you were 30 I don't want to live my life with fucking regrets because I thought I was going to die and I get to a point where I'm actually going to die and I'm like, well, shit. I should have done that. Too many people, man. Too many people, man. Oh, yeah, don't dude. think about and it's like that. Looking yeah. back at regret and shit you wish you would have done is one of the yeah, worst things. Yeah, that shit, that shit scares the fuck out of me. Where it's like, I'm going to be a hundred and I'm going to be fucking, I look at my dad, right? My dad's got a lot of health problems because he like wrecked his motorcycle. So his wrists are fucked up and he has like, he had plantar fasciitis in his foot and the doctor literally fucked up the surgery and cut him. So now he can't walk properly. 
right? Medical problems that are like his bones in his wrist because he wrecked his motorcycle are fused together with plates in his wrist. And so he literally physically can't do anything anymore. There might be a day that you lose your vision or that, you know, you have a stroke and you can't talk, whatever. Like, and I fear that that fucking day is going to be tomorrow. And I didn't do the things I needed to do today. And I wasted it. You know what I mean? It's like, seriously, you can go out and you can get bit by a fucking mosquito and then have Lyme disease. And then all of a sudden, this Lyme disease is now literally going to cripple you 200 days out of two, 365. So now you only have 165 days of feeling fucking good. Where literally the rest of the 200 days, you're dealing with bullshit and pain and agony and, and things that's uncurable. Like there's literally today, there is no way to get rid of Lyme disease the United States has approved. I have people that have literally just gotten bit by ticks and, and fucking mosquitoes that have Lyme disease and cannot get rid of it. And they're in pain, physically in fucking pain. And then that messes with your thoughts and your minds and whatever, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why, why would you squander this moment that you have when they're limited? That's some real shit. Every day counts. Every fucking day counts. Like, that's a fact. Yeah, man. I mean, I think about that on everything. There's going to be a day, dude, where you don't get a fucking phone call from your parents anymore. Your mom's not going to fucking call you. So why are you squandering that moment? You know? And that's some real shit there, too. This is not goals and entrepreneurship and business. But I live my life with all of that, man. Yeah, man. Like, like seriously. Do you really want to fucking hold on to that hatchet that you have where you're pissed off at your sister? Because she said some dumb shit about your wife? What if she got hit by a fucking car? You know what I mean? And that baggage was slowing you down and what you were doing on everything else in life. That bitterness and frustration. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. All of that shit builds up. That's some real shit. And it's, this is a serious topic too, and I don't want to divert from it, but uh, <laughs> what they say on Shark Tank when they're talking about business specifically Kevin O'Leary and he's, you know, he doesn't see any scalability for the business. He's like, so what if you walk out here and get hit by a bus, then I lose my investment and you laugh about it, but you're like, that's some real shit because yeah. you have to think about it bigger than you, you know, and that's in every aspect of life as well. Yeah, man. And sure. I was talking about parents and regrets and all that shit. And it's not necessarily bad, but that's, it's everything, man. Every little thing that you're everything. Not, how you do one thing is how you do everything. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And if you let yourself lapse and be fucking lazy and, and not work out hard at the gym, you're going to have a fucking issue for the rest of the day. You're not going to make excuses and bullshit, whatever. If you're going to be angry at your sister for some dumb shit, then you're going to be angry at your boss, your manager, yourself for some other shit. You know, we're human. We can't always be perfect. But, you know, the quest of perfection, Vince Lombardi said that. He's like, dude, life's about the pursuit of perfection. Not, not perfection, but the pursuit. You know, the journey of trying to be better. Yep. And that's what I believe it's all about, man. Being better at everything. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And so... And getting better every day, too. Yeah, man. And, and when you double down and go all in on getting better in all things, and you genuinely care, go back to that, genuinely care about other people, dude, people can't keep up. When you decide that you're going to do that, because nobody decides to do that. Nobody decides to care. Nobody decides to let 
bury the hatchet. Nobody decides to, to double down on themselves. Nobody. And the people, the, we, the people that do, you know, the people that do, dude, they stand head and shoulders over other people. And, you know, like if you show up every day for a year and do the work, the average person only shows up for a month or two months. Dude, you're literally going to be 12 times, six times ahead of the person behind you that started at the same time as you. You know what I mean? It's like somebody that started 12 years ahead of you. You're on the same playing field as them now because they just showed up kind of quarterly, just a little bit. They just, they just did whatever it took. And I'm 27. I showed up every day for for four or five years, just went ridiculously hard. And I literally have 40 year olds, 50 year olds that are like been in business for 20 years, calling me for advice and paying me for business and entrepreneurship advice. And I'm like, dude, I should be calling you and asking you for advice. Facts. But I showed up and passed a lot of people. And I'm 27. They had 15 more years on me. I have so many people that are like, dude, I wish that I was in where, where you were at now when I was your age. You know, I wish that I would have done those things or I wish I would have doubled down and bet on myself when I was 20 like you did. And I'm not saying that to hide myself up and because it feels weird for me saying that. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else because I'm just a normal dude that just showed up, you know, and it's not bad of them and I'm not better than them. I just showed up. I caught up in the skills that produce results and the results that most people want. And I just recognize that that's what has to be done. The sooner you recognize that you're in charge of doing what you need to do, your life changes forever, man. When you, the second you recognize that you are the person that is in control of everything in your life, you are the person that controls everything in your life. Your life will change forever. You are responsible. You might not be, you know, at fault. It might not be your fault, but you are responsible. Hell yeah, bro. Oh yeah. Y'all heard it here. These are some <laughs> absolute gems on how to deal and overcome the global pandemic, how to invest in yourself. And, you know, these are topics and things that we're all facing right now. So I really hope that you took a lot away from this episode. And just remember, it's not going to be easy. Never is. Remember these three things, focus, positivity, and awareness. These are for me personally that I think you should remember, but these are the keys to overcoming any challenging situation, especially in a time like this. So just remember those and anything is possible. Anything is possible. If you believe it is. Hell yeah. Thanks again for coming on, Jeff. This has been an amazing episode, dude. Such a great dialogue. And, um, you know, I definitely think the audience will benefit from this. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. We've been here for almost two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Went on and on and on. But man, it's, it's been insane. Definitely. Thanks again for tuning into the Movement is Life podcast. And make sure to subscribe on all platforms where you can find your favorite podcasts. Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, everything. You can also connect with me on social media at The Fox Icon. I'll catch you on the next episode.